This is episode one of Committee Spotlights from Command Talk with the Illinois Chiefs. As we begin a new year, we want to take the time to highlight the amazing work the association's committee chairs continue to accomplish. Each month, we will spotlight at least two committees that will include a one-on-one interview with the committee's chairperson. First up on our list is the Diversity Committee Chair, Chief Christopher Fletcher. I've been in policing 34 years, but I've been a chief for about six years. Gotcha. So I I just want to chat with you. I'm trying to chat with basically all the chiefs I can at this point since I just came on as deputy director um, about a month ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to it. I really enjoy everyone I've met Uh uh, and I work with. So I'm hoping that I can help out in in multiple ways. So I'm excited. I'm work done. (laughs) That's good. So I just want to chat with you, um, not just about the committee, but about yourself. Can I just do a little spotlight on uh, Chief Fletcher here? So just to get started, um, just tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I was uh, born and raised on the south side of Chicago and kind of stumbled up on a uh, law enforcement career where a lot of people... uh, their desire when they were little kids was to be a police officer. Mine wasn't. I wanted to be about 50 other things. And as I was going to school and working, I said, I need a good job. So I took the police test and I took the fire test. And I passed both of them with flying colors. And I said, whoever calls me first, that's where I'm going. The police department called me first. And uh, it was a uh, a job that I hadn't planned on taking, but once I took it, I enjoyed it and got into it. And at first it was a job where it paid the bills, I had fun, and then I made sergeant. And when I made sergeant, I was promoted to sergeant in 1998. And when I made sergeant, I realized this could be a career and not just a job. So I got serious and I went back to school and completed my degree. And then I also uh, completed my master's. And that's when I took it seriously to make it a career. And I wanted to advance because I felt that I had a lot to give. I knew a lot about uh, the diverse communities in Chicago and Chicago's a rough town to be the police in. And I learned a lot, had a lot of mentors in Chicago, and I, I worked it well. And when I left there, I, I left uh, Chicago to become the chief of Calumet City. But I had done 29 years in Chicago, and I had achieved the rank of commander uh, upon my retirement. So I felt that my work was done there, and I wanted to try out being the, the big chief. So I worked in Calumet City for five years. And then I worked in where I'm at now, Calumet Park. And I've been here for about a year and a half. One thing that I, I wrote down as you were speaking, and I apologize for any background noise, we're right there next to the road. Um, you spoke about the mentors that you had in Chicago. Who were your mentors? Well, uh, some of the mentors were Actually, a, a couple of old-time patrolmen that I worked with, and um, 
they never achieved rank uh, one in particular, a guy named Jerry Winston, never achieved any rank, was a B patrolman, but he always had a uh, perfect demeanor and could read people. And he taught me the importance of writing good paperwork, uh, legible, and he always would tell you, he said, you don't want to be embarrassed going to court when you have to testify to a report that you've written. And they look at it and look like you never went to school. And he always uh, put into to me that don't overreact in situations that don't need, it. you know. And and uh, in the course of a, a day in Chicago, you're going from 10 to 1 to 0 to 20 in a matter of minutes, depending on the assignment. But he's very even keel person um, and he, along uh, with a couple of other older guys, kind of took me under their wings and taught me a lot of things about the job, the people, uh, how to treat the citizens. And uh, one thing I learned that you you never have to worry about complaints on you as a policeman if you treat the people like they're members of your family. It's even in bad situations. He said, if you pull over somebody, pretend it's your aunt, it's your, it's your mother, it's, it's somebody, and give them that same respect, even if you have to give them a ticket. And I, I carry that along with me uh, my entire career. You know, it's treat people the way you want to be treated. And the time that I've been on the job, I've seen how officers have gotten in trouble by not doing that. And sometimes they overreact when it doesn't need to be. And it's an emotional maturity that you develop over time as a police officer and that you should develop. But sometimes, unfortunately, there are officers who do not develop that. But I guess that was my answer for that one. No, it was a great answer. I really enjoyed hearing that. And it's really great advice. Treat everyone the way you'd like to be treated. Something like, you know, my mom always said, and I'm sure plenty yeah. of other mamas out there have said as well. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, the Illinois Chiefs, we, we, we push the 10-share principle so much. And the president, you know, he's got his thing with the two and eight across the state. And the second principle is, and I'm looking at it right now, all persons should be treated with dignity and respect. And that just, and, and I tell people all the time when they talk about the 10 shared principles, they say, well, that's stuff that we already, uh, we're doing that, sit. And, I, and my answer is, those are things that we should be doing, but it's obvious in some cases that we're not. So the 10 shared principle, it's like it's not, it's not like it's nothing new, something new. It's a reiteration and a reminder to officers in the profession and, and almost like a rededication to the things that you swore an oath to when you first took the job. And uh, when I introduced the 10 share principles here in Calumet Park, you know, we had the big signing uh, with the mayor and the council and then all the officers had a copy, had to sign it and read it. And and the officers got a good understanding of it. And, and a lot of them said, yeah, this is this is this is what we do, but it's a good thing to be reminded 
that you guys are paying attention to when it doesn't go that way. So it's it's always been a positive thing. That's why uh, when I uh, became the, the chair of the diversity committee, I really enjoyed, you know, pushing the 10 share principles. I was, that actually brings me to my, my next little topic that I was going to ask you about is you're the, you know, the chairperson for that diversity committee and, and you've been on the committee for a couple of years. And um, obviously, one of your what are your big goals? I, I, I You said the 10 shared principles, um, but I'll let you just kind of expound on that. Yeah, our, our general goals are, are just to um, get more departments throughout the state to officially adopt the 10 shared principles. But. Uh, the, the vision that I have and, and our board members uh, is that, and, and we definitely feel that we're underutilized, but we want to be that go-to committee whenever a town has some kind of uh, emotionally charged racial issue or uh, issue dealing with gay or gender bias, that they come to us because we kind of have a diverse group with all different points of view and we can shoot it around the table and help uh, any particular chief come up uh, with a, a great a great solution that will be good for the citizens and good for the department as well. And a lot of times, uh, depending on where your department is and your makeup of your department, everybody thinks the same way and they think this is a great idea until it hits the press and then they see like, wow, I didn't know it would turn out like that. But I say, if you come to our committee and bring it, we can give you that wow before the media gives it to you. And uh, we, we have definitely uh, had a lot of experience in dealing with negative press because we know how a simple incident can turn into major news for months and cost uh, a chief his job. But we want to be that um, we want to be that go to committee. I think that's great. And I would love to help you guys um, spread more awareness about that so you can be better utilized or more utilized by the different uh, departments across the state. Um, so obviously the 10 share principles and to be that go to place. How do you plan to achieve those goals with the diversity committee? Well, what I'm what I'm planning on this year, which is something I haven't done, is to reach out personally to those villages and uh, municipalities who have not adopted them. And then even the ones who have adopted them, reach out to them monthly to, to just, hey, do you guys have any issues? Do you, do you need any advice on this or that? Because sometimes it may be easier for them to be contacted that way instead of reaching out to us. And uh, sometimes they may not think an issue is that important and then we'll stumble on it and say, hey, yeah, you should have called us for that. One, you know, so we're going to do uh, more personal outreach to to the departments to to get some things done. I think that's a great idea. Fantastic idea. And I'm hoping with these committee spotlights, we can also help bring some more awareness um, to help people utilize the diversity committee um, to its fullest potential. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you guys have been facing as a committee um, since you took over? Yeah, well, it was it was weird because I took over during COVID. And uh, right when I uh, first got the chair and then COVID hit, 
which really killed us as far as meeting in person. And then that was before Zoom meetings had caught on so big. And it, and then with uh, us doing things hands-on, it was tough for that. So we, we were basically like shut down for like a year and a half from, from doing anything. And then when we would meet, we'd have to meet on Zoom meetings. So now I feel like now we're finally coming out of that fog. Uh, and we, you know, we partnered with the NAACP. We part, partnered with the Chicago chapter of Noble to do some events. But as a committee, I would like us to, uh, you know, do a little bit more this year as far as uh, physical outreach, you know, instead of just uh, doing things over the, over the air or over Zoom. I think that's good. I think that's something that um, a lot of places and a lot of people are dealing with, which is kind of getting back out there um, after the pandemic and being able to physically be there and show people, hey, this is what we have to offer. This is what we can do. How can we help you? And it's there's just something different about a Zoom call than doing things in person, of right, course. Right, and there's right. just a, a better personal connection, which I think is something that's going to be key um, with the diversity committee. Um, so I think that's great. Um, you guys, I know you guys are dealing with some challenges, but you've got some great goals. You've got some good plans from what I can hear. Um, so what do you think, I'm going to kind of make this a big broader question here, but what do you think the future will look like for policing? It's kind of a question I've been asking a lot of chiefs out there. Where do they think the future of policing is headed? Yeah, well, it's changing. And it's changing because of the, um, the, the, the lack of applicants. So, uh, and I've talked to my fellow chiefs and right now we're, we're not the most popular profession to join right now. And the way that it, that is changing is we're getting a different group of people and, and not to say that in a negative way, but uh, not necessarily people who aspire to be police officers and to, to move forward in their careers. Uh, some, some guys we're getting, they're happy to get a job, but other guys that, that we've been getting, have embraced everything, but uh, I'll be honest to say the pickings have been slim and the way policing is, and policing always changes in in cycles. Uh, incidents happen way back when I started, one of the big incidents was the O.J. Simpson trial. O.J. Simpson and the domestic violence, the way we handled domestic violence calls in, in Chicago changed because of that, uh, with the Mike Brown situation. All those things have made us change with the George Floyd uh, unrest uh, a couple years ago. That had us changing. So we're, we're more so of a, of a evolving profession as far as a kind of a more hands-off as far as instead of the uh, boxing gloves, you know, we're wearing mittens sometimes. But uh, a good police officer uh, knows when to put on the boxing gloves and when to put the mittens on. And our job as administrators and chiefs is to help the officers that work for us understand when to do that. You know, you don't need a hammer when you got a thumbtack. It's 
it's it's uh and it's a delicate balance and some officers takes a little longer for them to learn that. And and I always say police officers, we we're our own worst enemies at, at times when we escalate situations that don't need to be escalated. You know, and and I think that we get complacent in some ways and and it you know, sometimes it can uh be to our de- detriment. So it's it's difficult, but I I see the profession moving forward, and when we come out of this phase, we'll still we'll be much better because uh, right now we're in the midst of everybody knows the safety act and the things that may or may not be implemented in the future, and what we do know is that you know regardless of what changes the safety act will bring or will not bring, is that there will be uh, a lot of components of change, uh, especially in Illinois. So we're embracing it as a department. Uh, we've jumped on a lot of them, even though some of uh, the things that haven't been in, enacted, but we're, we're preparing because we know if some things may be struck down permanently, others may not. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's my answer for that. I guess I ran on a little bit. No, it's perfect. That's exactly what this meeting is all about, is uh, to get to know you and to chat with you and let you expound on so many different things. Um, how is your department preparing for the implementation of the Safety Act and the different things with possibly the Pretrial Fairness Act? Um, yeah, well, I've uh, definitely made them students of, of the bill. And uh, one thing I will say about the Illinois Chiefs the Illinois Chiefs uh, does an excellent job of uh, preparing us Chiefs uh, to to give the material to our troops because a lot of that stuff I couldn't go through it with the fine tooth comb, but uh, they put the Illinois Chiefs makes summaries easier for us to comprehend and read and give them to our troops. And I, I've, I've been doing that as we go through these phases. And the chief, and the troops have a uh, pretty good understanding of things. Uh, I know one of the, the uh, provisions would be uh, it's a body cam requirements and goes by the size of your department. And that's something that we're going to implement regardless of the, uh, the safety act. But there, you know, certain small things like that that as a department, we're gonna do anyway. So, but the but the Illinois Chiefs, I, I can't say enough that the updates that they provide uh, are very, very useful and very helpful uh, for me as a chief. And not to do a, a, a commercial for the Illinois Chiefs, but, it, but it's the truth, really. Well, we thank you for that. And I hope um, through my tenure to be able to continue to do that and make them um, easier to read and more understandable and get you guys the information that you need as quickly as possible. That's one of my goals as deputy chief, for sure. Um, One question for you. What are some tips or words of wisdom that you have for police chiefs, maybe new police chiefs or even old police chiefs? Well, well, the, the best words I could give to any police chief, young or old, um, get to know your, your your guys. Get to know your guys. And uh, some sometimes that's easy. 
and sometimes that's hard. But but get to know them at least on a certain level, and you know let them know that you're not just a chief, you know, but you actually do care about their well-being, even when you're administering discipline. You know, because to me, and you know, you can't take things personal as a chief, because everybody hates the boss. So you can't, but you can't take it personal because it's not really you. Because if you, if it wasn't you sitting in that seat, then they'd be saying the same stuff about somebody else. So as chief, chiefs, we have to have a uh, thick skin because uh, you know a lot of things that you may hear about yourself, you may not like whether they're true or not. And, um, but if you can shake that, get to know your people and let them know that you actually care about their safety and their well-being, uh, that, that'll make you go a long way. I think that's excellent words for wisdom, for sure. Um, circling back just a bit to the diversity committee, are you guys looking for any new members? Are you pretty well staffed on your membership? We're always looking for new members. Always. We could never have enough. No, we could never have enough. And, and you know, and I, I will say this with, and I'll just say this to you because you're uh, in touch with everybody. If you notice something in a village or town that come to you guys that may be something that our committee could work on, please, uh, you guys reach out to us as well, because I know we had we had an issue, and I, I can't remember the the town, but they had an issue about the the was it the not not the blue lines matter it was a flag or something, and when Ed was in the position, uh, Ed had reached out a couple years ago, and we kind of gave them some good uh, tips and clues on how they should handle it, you know. Thank you. I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. Um, new members and all, and any way. Oh, please. <laughs> please do. Any way we can help. Um, do you know how many uh, departments are left to adopt the 10 shared principles? Uh, offhand, no, but it's uh, more than we'd like. <laughs> more than we'd like. But the majority of the departments in Illinois, because we have a lot, uh, the majority uh, have adopted them. But the ones that don't, we're we're working on them one one at a time. Continue to do the good work. Uh, Anything, a little bit of information or anything else you'd like to add um, before we we sign off here? Well, the only thing I would like to add is that in the today's policing and how it's such a competitive market as far as uh, recruiting, please make sure that we're getting quality candidates. And and it's uh, and it's been very tough getting quality candidates because this profession, and I've always said it's a noble profession, and we have to make sure that we maintain this quality uh, in the people that we hire. And if we maintain that quality, you know, our departments as a whole, our organization as a whole in Illinois, will be a a lot better. 
I think that's actually really great advice, not just for police departments, but for a lot of different uh, businesses as well. I know it's especially important with police, but I've seen it personally with other departments and other businesses out there where they're just taking what they can get and not leading to a good situation. Yeah, it's, it's rough. And, you know, it's we've interviewed people that, you know, maybe five or six years ago, we would probably never even give an interview to, you know, and, and a lot of those people, I said, well, let's give them an interview just to see. And then a lot of time, more times than not, you're like, can't do it. Can't do it. Let's, let's look for somebody else. Just keep looking. Just keep swimming. <laughs>